the tomb is empty. Man, hear me, our God is alive. He went to the cross, he died for you and for me, and he rose again from the dead. Well, it's great to be here worshiping with you today. Uh, Summit Point Online. Man, I don't even know what week we're on. What is it, week six or something like that? And just fired up to be able to rally together and make much of our God here online. And uh, it's been some crazy times, hasn't it? I mean, honestly, when you look at what's been going on with some of the coronavirus, those obviously are not things you plan or are aware of. And then you start looking at how we've been trying to handle it and some of the details that have been going on with some of the politics even this past week. And so now we're in a spot where we've got even our state sort of trying to figure out which way is up and what's supposed to happen. And just so you know, while all that's going on, we will be absolutely faithfully, regularly meeting online and celebrating our King who gets all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Great to be here with you. So Let's make sure we continue to celebrate our God. We are in a series called Take Hold. Take Hold. It goes back to the women at the tomb when they were coming away, having been told by the angel that Jesus is risen from the dead. And as they're going to tell the other disciples, all of a sudden they run into Jesus and it says that they fell down at his feet and they took hold of his legs and his feet, literally grabbing on to worship him and saying, you are my God. You are Messiah. You are Savior. You are my hope. Take hold. And may we take that as our challenge. May we take hold as we go after our God with all we've got. So we talked about what it is to take hold of Jesus Christ, recognizing what he's done for us at the cross, right? His death, giving so much hope for us as our sins can now be covered. And then you look at the empty tomb, his resurrection, that we can have life and life eternal, that we can celebrate all that we have in him forever because of his rising from the dead. And so we have hope of the rising eventually and ultimately into absolute perfection with him. Praise God for that. And then also last week, we looked at what it means to have the Holy Spirit with us. Jesus, as he rose up from the dead and then he ascended up into the heavens, he didn't leave us alone here. It's God everywhere. God is in all places at once. And he, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, taking up residence in each of us who is a believer, crying out to him, we have the Holy Spirit with us, bringing comfort, bringing conviction, bringing empowerment and insight. We are not alone. In the middle of this COVID virus and all the struggles going on with it, we are not alone. Everybody say, not alone. I didn't know you missed the uptake, right? Say that every week, we miss the uptake. Let's say it again, we are not alone. Just say, not alone. Man, we are not alone. God with us. It's a huge deal. The hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna see those two come together in the passage today as we celebrate that Jesus not only gave us the Holy Spirit, but then we get the chance to be the called out ones. I don't know if you know this, but the Greek word for the church is ekklesia. And ek, it means out. And then the klesia part, the called out ones. 
We are called out to be able to take a stand for Jesus Christ and to be able to celebrate him. The word ecclesia was actually used originally to say, let's rally the people into maybe kind of the town square. They were called out for a given purpose. They had a like-minded purpose in trying to accomplish something and they rallied to it. We are the church that called out ones with a like-minded purpose. May God get all the glory. That's our purpose. May we celebrate him and may he get the glory. That is the role of the church. May we rally to that even in some darker times or some times that cause us to begin to be concerned or confused. May we be a part of that which is rallying together. All right? So that said, what does it mean to be called together? What does it mean to be the church? Even in these times, how can we go about doing that? So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 36. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 36. And let's get it going there. Point number one, uh, repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your king. Repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your king. Man, if we are going to make much of our God, if we are going to be a part of the ecclesia, if we're going to be a part of this church, the called out ones celebrating him, well then first of all, we need to start with our own repentance. Lord, please forgive me. I'm wrong. I'm setting this sin down. May you get all the glory. Man, repentance and then accepting Jesus as king. Here we go. So we pick this up in Acts chapter 2. We got to make sure we understand what's going on. Let's not lose sight of it, right? And so going back to Acts chapter 1 and the beginning of 2, which we looked at last week, the disciples were rallying with Jesus. It had been about 40 days since the Passover, since Jesus died on the cross. 40 days, right? That's a long time, 40 days. And 40 days had gone by where they were talking with Jesus. They were trying to figure things out. They were a bit confused, quite frankly, and and wondering when the kingdom was going to start. So as we pick up Acts chapter 1, actually the disciples are saying to Jesus on the Mount of Olives, "Eh, we got a question for you. Uh, When when are you going to bring this kingdom? When is this kingdom going to start, the kingdom of God? When are you going to launch it? You're the Messiah. We believe that now. We are in. We are focused. We have seen amazing miracle in you. Time to rock the world with who you are. And so when is this kingdom coming? And Jesus is like, hang on. Times and seasons aren't for you to know. Be patient. And uh, here's the thing. Um, Instead of me letting you know when that's going to be, and instead of it coming in any time soon, here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit with power. And he's going to help you to be able to be my witnesses in all of this area and all the way out into the whole world. He is going to give you power. From that moment, the disciples, not really sure what Jesus had said, all of a sudden, Jesus starts ascending up into the heavens. And clearly, now they're definitely blown away. We had no idea of anything he was going to say. This was not the answer to when is the kingdom coming. Jesus ascends into the heavens and goes away. Like that was not what they were planning on. And as that happened, they walked away. They had some days until the Pentecost feast was coming, 10 days to be exact. And so the 40 days from the point they were talking with Christ, 10 more now to the 50th day, that's what Penta stands for in Pentecost, 50 days from the time of Passover, the time when Christ died on the cross. So they're sitting there at Pentecost 10 days later, still blown away by what's going on and waiting for the Holy Spirit and not sure when that's coming. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came on them with power. 
And this massive moment of the presence of the Holy Spirit and tongues, languages, abilities to break across national barriers and begin to share the truth of who Jesus Christ was, that's what started up. And really we're picking that story up. As they now have the ability to speak across languages, the apostle Peter, he stands up and he starts delivering. Peter brings a message to all these Jews that were rallied around, devout Jewish men who had gathered together, hearing the sound of these foreign languages, which were actually their home language. And they rallied together and Peter began to deliver a message that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the hope. In fact, he used several different scriptures in the Old Testament as he did it. And he talked about uh, this promise from Joel that the Holy Spirit would come, that he would indwell the hearts, that he would change us from the inside out, this hope from the Spirit presence in us. He talked about that and he's like, just so you know, fulfilled. Look what you see going on. Holy Spirit with us. And then he talked about another passage of scripture where David said, I'm just telling you that my throne will go on forever. And he said, just so we're clear, David knew that he was going to pass away. David knew that he was just a mortal man and it wasn't him that was going to be on the throne forever. David knew that the Messiah was coming who would be God Almighty, who would absolutely be on that throne forever. And that Messiah King is Jesus Christ. Peter was preaching it huge. You need to know that these are answers to prophecy from the Old Testament. And now we're picking it up. In verse 36, here we go. It says, Peter talking here, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain. Right, everybody just say for certain. Right, say it louder, say it bigger. For certain, right? Don't miss this. He's like, you need to be absolutely convinced of this. That God has made him, and we'll define the him in just a second. God has made him both Lord and Christ. He's made him to be absolutely God over all, Lord, he's in charge, and Christ, Messiah, the hope, the one who would sit on the throne for all of eternity, he is that one, Lord and Messiah. Who, who's he talking about? He says, this Jesus, and then he throws a little modifier on it, whom you crucified. Can you imagine that moment? As they're listening to this and they're like, there is a guy who is the answer to the Old Testament prophecies, the Davidic throne, the hope, the Messiah. He is coming. This is amazing. He is the answer. That's awesome. Who is he? This Jesus whom you crucified. Maybe Peter even said it with more thunder. This Jesus whom you crucified. However it came out, know this. These people were some of those people who had rallied back at Passover just 10 days or 50 days earlier. And they were the ones that as the offering came out of, what should we do with Barabbas? What should we do with Jesus? They came to the conclusion with Jesus, crucify him. It was their words that cried that out. It was their want that cried that out. And all of a sudden they were aware that they had taken a stand against the Messiah King. They were beginning to hear this truth about who Jesus was. And the Holy Spirit was beginning to move in their life. As Peter shared the truth, this Jesus, he is God Almighty. He is the Messiah. He is Lord over all. And that's the guy that you led to the cross. 
It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. This is an extremely important phrase. This does not mean they got really emotional. It doesn't mean that. I mean, there was emotion to it, but it was so much more than that. This does not mean they got a little bit, you know, scared, like fear rose up. Doesn't mean that. Yes, fear was probably there, but that's not what it means. This means that the Holy Spirit now pressed in with them and began to communicate to them. Are you hearing me? This Jesus whom you led to the cross and said, crucify him. He is the Lord, the Messiah, the answer to the prophecy from the Old Testament, the hope from all of Israel. This is the one. And as the Holy Spirit whispered that, the veil was torn off. They were being able to see for the first time. This cut to the heart is an awakening moment. This is where God is revealing and lives are being changed. They're being saved right here, man. Cut to the heart as God makes it clear that that was absolutely a terrible decision. And uh, all of a sudden, as they're cut to the heart and grasping the truth of who Jesus is, it says, so they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Now imagine yourself in that position where you're like sharing the hope of Jesus Christ And as you're beginning to share with them and you're making it clear what's going on and you're helping them to understand exactly the truth of who Jesus is in that moment where they grasp the vastness, the bigness, the godness of Jesus Christ, they say to you, well, then what do I do? What do I do if I'm standing guilty before him? And man, for each of us, we weren't there crying out, crucify him. But hear me, Jesus Christ, as he went to the cross, he carried our sin on that cross. Each and every one of us. And we're in need of a savior and Jesus Christ is that savior. What should I do with my own sin? That's what they're saying. What should I be doing with my sin? What what should I do to handle this? Brothers, what's the plan? Simple question. What would you say? What's your answer? What do you tell somebody to do when they're longing to get things right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here online with us today and you're longing to be able to get something right with your God, this this whole thing going on with the COVID virus, the lockdown, and maybe there's been a ton of questions in your life and you're beginning to say, it's time for me to answer this before my God. What do I need to do to get things right with Jesus Christ? Here's Peter's answer. He says, repent. Let's just hold on that word right there. Repent. Repent is a very complex word, but it's a very simple word. Repent. It means to say, I'm sorry. I'm done with this sin. Please forgive me. That's part of repentance. Like, please forgive me. I confess it. It's wrong. I'm done with it. But it also means this. Not just saying, I'm done with it. Please forgive me. But then saying as you turn, I'm done with that for real. I'm moving away from that sin. And so as we step into a life where we have sin, we're not honoring Christ for who he is. And for us to repent of that, it's us saying, Lord, please forgive me that I've made this life about me. Please forgive me that I've made it all about my feel good. And it's time to be done with that. I'm turning from that. Now it's about you. May you get all the glory. 
you're in charge. Repent. Like I'm done making it about me and what I want. It's time to make it about you and what you want, Lord Jesus. Peter's first answer, repent. Turn from that sin. Confess it is wrong and turn away from it. And then he says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being baptized, it's taking a public stand that you have repented. Like it's over. I'm done with that. You'll notice a lot in scripture, especially in Acts, that you'll see the words repent and be baptized. You'll see those combined together. Man, to take the stand of I'm done and I'm going to make it public. That public proclamation of salvation. I just want to make this clear. The baptism isn't what's saving. Everybody say not that. Say it louder, say it bigger. Not that. The baptism isn't what's saving. Well, how do you know that, Tim? Well, think about Jesus Christ on the cross. And he's with these robbers, these thieves on either side of him. And one of them says to him, this is wrong. You shouldn't be treated this way. Please remember me when you go into paradise. He's, he's confessing that Jesus Christ is in charge. You're in charge of my life. I'm wrong. You're right. Please forgive me. And Jesus said, surely today you will be with me in paradise. That man was attached to a cross. There was no actions to do. There was no good works to be done. There was no baptism to take place. It was strictly this. I believe I'm saying you're in charge of my life. Take over. Man, our job, what it means to be saved is to let the Holy Spirit's pressing in on me to begin to change my soul so that I can see Jesus Christ as my answer. I hand him my life. I say, I'm done with it being about me. I'm turning. Now it's about you. May you get all the glory. Repent and then be willing to make it public. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Please note that baptism, if it's going to be biblical, if it's going to be proper, will always be in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, right? It will not be in the name of the church, right? If anybody asks you to get baptized into the name of the church, please don't do it and please change churches. And all of God's people said, like that is not what scripture says. It says to make sure we're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust in him. He is saving me. He carried my sin and he is my hope, Jesus Christ. And that brings forgiveness of sins, it says, as you Uh, end up having this repentance for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be saved. You will have sins forgiven. You will have the Holy Spirit take up residence. That's what saved is. The presence of God with us moment by moment, day by day. He then says to him, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all those who are far off. He's like, for all of you who are listening, for your kids, for anyone who wants to hear this, that's far off from God, far off geographically from here. Both of those could be implied in that term. Like anyone who wants to hear and come to Christ, who's willing to listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and God doing an amazing work. And then he says something else. He says, yes, the promise is for you, your children and those far off. It says, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Salvation is super complex. And it just isn't about only what I'm doing. It's also about what God Almighty is doing. 
And we see in this passage, he's calling people to himself. John 6 says, whom the Father draws will come. The conviction of the Holy Spirit effectively working in the soul. There's a changing. There is a tearing off of the veil. We begin to see it as it is. We are ready. Cut to the heart. And in that moment, we're like, I'm in. And and maybe you're at that spot. Maybe you're watching today and you're like, I have been cut to the heart. I know that I need to get things right with Jesus. I am ready to be in. God is clearly calling you and drawing you. If you're beginning to process that, I'm telling you, God Almighty working in your life. It's not you alone trying to make something happen. It's your God working in your soul. Praise God for it. It says, and with many other words, He bore witness and he continued to exhort them. He was saying things like, save yourselves from this crooked generation. It's like, man, take a look around. It isn't going well. That sort of applies to right now, right? Take a look around. It isn't going well. And man, may we lean on our God instead. He says, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added to them about three thousand souls. Three thousand souls. Peter preached, three thousand got saved. They're like, I'm done making it about me. It's time to make it about my God. Three thousand came to trust him as Savior. Praise God for that, man. Think of it this way. Our church on a packed day, we do about three thousand people would rally together here over the uh, three services. Three thousand. That's like this church established in one preach. That's what God did through Peter and his word. One massive church on fire for God, 3,000 people saved right then and there, boom. And God doing an amazing work. That was the first moment of him working with the apostles and giving them the ability to communicate and be witnesses. Power through the Holy Spirit. And it's a huge deal. May we respond to Jesus Christ. May we grasp what it's all about. You know, a number of years ago, Spanish-American War, so, you know, 120-some years ago, something like that, Spanish-American War going on. Teddy Roosevelt had a group of men he was fighting with, the Rough Riders, and they were actually thundering through. They were uh, fighting hard. They were winning, um, and they were doing well, but the reality is they were starving. They were short food. They had money, but they had no food. They came across Clara Barton, the Red Cross. It was kind of the early stages and they were talking to her. The Red Cross was established and Teddy Roosevelt said, I will buy food from you. We've got the money. Please let us buy this food. We are starving. And she looked at him. She shook her head and she said, absolutely not. Can't do that. He said, what are you talking about? We're in war. We need the food. She's like, nope, cannot sell you this food. They went back and forth for a little bit. And then Teddy Roosevelt looked at her and he said, what are you not telling me? And she broke a smile on her face and she said, this food is not for sale. There is nothing you can do and there is nothing you can give. I am giving you this food freely. And she handed it across to the men. And then she talked a little bit about the gospel message. Man, I'm just telling you this, salvation. There is nothing we can do and there is nothing we can give. May we just receive Jesus Christ, him for me, offering up salvation and forgiveness. I'm in. 
I am done with making it about me. I'm in. I hear your call and I receive this offer. May God get all the glory. And that's what it looks like. Just receive. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to buy it. Thank you, Lord, for what you're giving. I accept this. Please forgive me. That's saved. Man, have you asked for God Almighty to do that? He's offering it up freely, just saying, Lord, I am done fighting. I am ready to receive. May you please forgive me. That's it. Right where you're at, I'm done fighting. That's saved. May God get all the glory as we listen to him. As we don't try to be good enough, we don't try to buy it out. We just receive his forgiveness. May it be all about his praise and glory. And all of God's people said, all right? Point number one, as we rally together as the church, the called out ones, as we grasp who Jesus Christ is and we go after it by repenting and making much of him. Point number two, celebrate our Savior together. Celebrate our Savior together. It says here, and they, the disciples, these 3,000 that had been saved just recently, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves. They were committed. They were all in. Everybody say all in. Yeah. Say it louder, say it bigger. All in. Man, that is what we're called to with our God. May we be devoted to our King. May we celebrate him with all we've got. Their worship was on fire. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There were these 12 men that had now received the ability to speak with foreign languages, to communicate across, across national boundaries, to be able to make much of their God, to be able to have amazing insight to who he is. The apostles' teaching. They were sharing things that they knew from the Old Testament. They were sharing things that God was revealing to them right then and there. Remember, the New Testament, not written right now. They're literally days into the New Testament time frame. So the apostles' teaching is coming from the Holy Spirit giving them insight and from them understanding Old Testament scripture and how it applied and the fulfillment of what was going on. And the apostles were teaching and blowing them away with the fulfillment of all that God had said in old that is now happening in this New Testament time. And they were listening to the apostles teaching and growing in that. It says, and the fellowship, the being able to be together. And I'm just going to tell you that word fellowship has really gotten chopped and abused a lot as of late in our Christian society, in our church-based society. Fellowship has actually become kind of equivalent to the word, and they socialized, something like that, you know, and they hung out together. Okay. It does have that value to it. There is a sense of connecting together, but it's so much more than that. The original word, the biblical word for fellowship spoke a ton to what it meant to worship together, to walk in the light together. In fact, 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Fellowship with our God as we're connecting with him and thereby fellowship with the ones who are also doing the same. You cannot have biblical fellowship without walking with your God and celebrating him. And they're celebrating the Savior. They have a ton of worship going on. And so they've got this fellowship. 
doesn't mean they just sat down and played cards together. Maybe they did. I don't know what they did together, but it doesn't mean just that. It means they did so much more. They worshiped and they praised God and they did way more. It says they listened to the apostles' teaching. They had fellowship to the breaking of bread and uh, to having meals together, to being able to eat together, to laugh together, to share together, to care for one another and make sure that meals were covered for people. That's what this is talking about. Meals. This is talking about way more than the communion we have today, right? We try to remember it at some level. And so we take the little square of gluten-free bread and the little itty bitty sip of the juice, right? And it's, it's reflecting on a meal that we could have together in a celebration, but it's remembering the body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ shared for us. It doesn't matter how much you have. It's being able to celebrate that together. These guys were doing full meals together and celebrating and remembering along the way. Whatever they were eating, whatever they were drinking, being a remembrance of the work that Christ had done for them. The breaking of bread and the prayers. And notice it has the word the in it and the prayers. That means they're still walking through a little bit of the Jewish model. They were doing the three prayers per day, the morning, noon, and night, and going after that. And in fact, we've been going through a Let's Cry Out series here where we've been talking about a daily prayer time, right? Every hour on the hour, we've been doing that challenge. And, and then also on some of the Wednesday nights, doing a praise and prayer time together. And, and uh, just so you know, as we move forward for the month of May, we're going to make a few changes to that guide. And we're going to put some of that out in the next day or two here. But we're going to end up bringing basically three prayer times, morning, noon, and night, a lot like what you're seeing right here. And we'll have those available throughout the month of May. That's also, by the way, going to be available so that this Thursday, which is the National Day of Prayer, you can use that morning, noon, and night prayer guide there that'll be on the web. You can just go to the Let's Cry Out page there and follow through on that. So we're making just a little bit of change to that guide. So it won't be every hour on the hour. It'll be basically three times a day going after that. All right. And then just so you know, hear me on this one. Get ready. We are actually going to be doing this uh, fasting on the National Day of Prayer. So join us Wednesday night as we go after praise and prayer at 7 o'clock. And then the next day, we're doing a basically a 24-hour fast. Basically doing the, the last time I'll eat is Wednesday night, dinner or maybe a later snack there. And then letting it go all the way until the next day, Thursday at 5 o'clock where you can break it for dinner. If you're able to do that with us, I mean, if you've got physical things going on where that's not right, then don't do it, you know? But if you're able to do that with us, join with us as we go after thunderously coming before our King. This state is in dire straits. May we be praying to our God and longing for him to do a work. And all of God's people said, amen, man. May we come to God in prayer faithfully and regularly. And so this Wednesday night, we're going to do that. And then on Thursday, doing the day of fasting, if you can join us on that. We'll have a little bit more about fasting on Wednesday night. We'll talk more about that uh, for just a moment on the Wednesday evening experience, all right? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to the prayers. May God get all the glory. It says, and awe came upon every soul. Can you imagine being a part of something where the numbers are packing in, people are getting saved, the Holy Spirit is moving, you just realized who Jesus Christ is, and they're starting to see miracle works happen all over the place. Awe 
was beginning to be a part of their everyday experience. Jaw-dropping, love to be a part of this, can't believe what God is doing. Awe. It says, an awe came upon every soul. Notice it does not say an awe came upon eh, most of the souls. It doesn't say that. And awe came upon every soul. How many souls? Right. Every soul. Man, may we be a part of a church on fire. May we long for God to stir our soul to a position of awe and celebration in him. It says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. There were healings, there were miracles, there were words being shared they hadn't heard before. There was an understanding of Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled. There were things happening they were stunned by. And as the tongues were being used, as the healings, whatever it was, it was confirming. It says wonders and signs. Why the word sign? Well, that word in the original language literally means this thing happened to prove that this one was from God. A sign. The apostles were being given abilities by the Holy Spirit to make it clear that God Almighty was sending them to lead the church at that time. The called out ones. The ecclesia being led by the apostles and the signs that God was giving them in order to know that they were the leaders. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Hmm. All things in common. What does that mean? Maybe you're like, communism? Or socialism? Is that what's going on here? What's happening? It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and they were distributing the proceeds to all. Dude, that does sound like communism or socialism maybe. Maybe they are doing that. Hang on. Don't jump too fast. This was not a plan to redistribute the wealth. This was not a plan to take the well-to-do and make everybody have this exact same amount. It wasn't trying to get it to a break even for everybody. That wasn't the plan. It was caring for needs as they came up. And those who were blessed by God were being able to share into that. And really, Tim, how do you know that? Well, because I read the next few words. That's how I knew that. It says that they basically were selling these things and they were sharing them out with others as there was need. It says, as they had need. This was a very giving, very generous body. And they were partnering together to make sure that God got all the glory. They were covering needs. It didn't mean that if you had wealth, that was bad or evil. It just meant God had blessed you and you had the privilege of being able to care for some needs in it and see God do an amazing work as they had need. Amazing how God was allowing this body to have people that came from all venues of life. Some who were a little bit more needy, some who were a little more sick, and some who were very healthy and very well-to-do. And they were able together to partner together and watch God get the glory. The church was on fire and God was truly getting all the praise. And the job for us as a church is to make sure that we are providing the opportunity for that teaching, for that fellowship, not just hanging out, but that biblical fellowship as we go after our God together. For the being able to do a communion, a remembrance of Jesus Christ in various ways, and that includes even having meals together. And that 
Maybe a little bit more on hold right now until we get things resolved with coronavirus. But God knows what he's doing with the plan, right? And then on top of that, the prayers. May we be praying together. May God get all the glory as we walk through this wisely and carefully. May we be a church that's doing these things, right? This is exactly what the church needs to be about. So I just wanted to tell you a few things that we have going on in our church, just so you know and understand what we have happening. Let's start at the youngest level. We got kids ministry going on. There's videos that are being made regularly and some teaching elements that are available. There's, there's activity sheets that are available. You can get all of those on the kids page. If you go to our main website and you can go to that kids page, phenomenal teaching. Uh, moms and dads, a great way to be able to walk your kids through some discipleship in this time. Do take advantage of that. Uh, junior hires. And we've ended up, we've got some recordings going with Jordan. He's doing a great job there. And uh, he's making those on Monday nights right now, right? We've got some things that come on Wednesday nights here and there, there. So there's a little conflict. So he's doing Monday nights with the junior hires. And make sure you jump online for that. You guys don't want to miss that. If you're a junior hire or you're a parent of a junior hire, make sure your kids are getting to it. High schoolers, they got the same night going. That's Sunday night. They've got something huge going there with worship and teaching and small group breakout after it. Man, be there for that. Don't miss that. Huge what's going on online. All of these, by the way, as I say these, join online with all of these. And uh, then the next step is you go out of the high school group, college group, having some teaching and some small group impact group, again, through Zoom online. All of this stuff we're trying to make available, even in the coronavirus time, where we've got opportunities to meet online and continue to fellowship and laugh together and learn together and grow together and pray together. May God get all the glory and amplify our young adults. We got that going on, impact groups at the adult level, all that going on. And then two more I just wanted to let you know about real quickly. You should have gotten some email on it, but Pastor Mark actually has sent out uh, this phenomenal four-week training for parents, how to train your kid up, how to disciple your child, and then how to also be disciplining and uh, some ideas in this COVID environment on how to take care of things. We've taught that class in the past. We just thought it'd be great to get that out in video form to you. So take advantage of that, parents. Jump online. You should have gotten an email on it, but you can find it online as well there. And uh, make sure you watch those four weeks of training and raising up your child. And uh, there's also a message from my wife to the ladies of the church um, that's out. And uh, that's just an awesome opportunity as well for you ladies to be able to learn to celebrate and worship. Just a quick word from Jana there. So, man, we're trying to get as much online together. Listen, we're doing new church. I honestly feel like we just planted a new church. Like all of a sudden, we're retalking every ministry and how we're going to do it and what do we create and what do we go after. But our job right now in this online season is to continue a full online on fire church. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Amen. It's a huge deal. Can't wait to see what God continues to do in this place. That said, man, are you celebrating Jesus Christ? Are you making much of him? regular in your attendance, all in with what's going on, with jumping online with us, being able to be about your God and worshiping him and coming to him in prayer. May he get all the glory. May we trust him. May we celebrate him. And now number three, long for a church on fire with joy and praise. Long for a church on fire with joy and praise. It says, and day by day, uh, how often? 
Day by day. I know you missed the uptake. Say it louder, say it bigger. And day by day. How often? Yeah, man, every day they are all in and on an everyday basis, they were attending the temple together and they were breaking bread in their homes. There was this corporate gathering and then there was these smaller gatherings in the home. And we might be slightly limited right now in some of what we can do for corporate gathering, but we can still gather together like this. We got the chat that's flowing on the side that's available to be able to interact. We've got Zoom meetings with all of our different impact groups. There's a ton of gathering together still, albeit a little bit more online-ish, right? May we gather together. That's this rallying in the temple. By the way, notice the word temple. The place they chose to go to is the place that they've always gone to. These guys are Jewish devout Jews who have now come to trust Christ as the Messiah. They're coming back to that temple and saying, the Holy Spirit has moved in me. The Old Testament promises are now being fulfilled and I'm in. And they're worshiping God and they're celebrating him like never before as they rallied together at that temple, making much of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how that was going down? As they were celebrating and rallying there and making much of Christ. And it may not be the most favorable thing in the community, but we will make much of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it, it's a sweet opportunity to show how we believe in him. They rallied at the temple together and then with the breaking of bread in the homes, they had meals together and they celebrated on smaller levels. So that's our church. If you think of how we're structured, we've got the large gatherings and then we've got the impact group gatherings in the home. And uh, this is where a lot of that model comes from. It says, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. With glad hearts. Uh, Everybody just say thankful. Right? Thankful hearts. And they came with generous hearts. Right? Everybody say generous. Right? So they were saying, Lord, thank you for what you are doing. I may not be able to see some of what you're doing, but I praise your name that you are doing something. I'm thankful. And Lord, may I give to wherever I see a need. Generous heart. Lord, may we be a thankful church. May we be a generous church. And then it says, praising God, worshiping him. May we celebrate our God with all we've got, worshiping him with all we've got. We're thankful, we're generous, we're worshipful. And then it says here at the end, having favor with all the people. The church loving that they were being able to be a part of the church. Man, that is a church on fire. The four elements of a church on fire that you see, and you end up seeing it kind of grow right here uh, at the end. It says, as the numbers were being added day by day, four elements of a church on fire, thankful and generous and worshipful and growing on fire. Man, may we be that church. May we share with others the thrill we have of knowing Jesus Christ. Maybe we're growing while we're online as we just see more getting interested in coming and checking out who we are. Maybe it's being able to share the hope of Jesus Christ that you have. Whatever it is, may we go after seeing God have more called out ones added to the church. Ecclesia. May we raise our hands in celebration and worship. May it be all about our God. And please hear me. Here's our hope and our passion. May we be a called out church on fire. May we be thankful. Let that settle. Even in the midst of some things going on that you may not like or may disagree with and wherever you land with all that's going on with the coronavirus, know this. 
we have a job of being a thankful, generous, worshipful church where we long to see God do an amazing work and we celebrate what he's doing in this place and God continues to add to the numbers daily. Praise God for that. You know, just one last little shout out. In the next couple of weeks here, we're actually gonna be announcing some, mem- some members, new members, man. In the midst of the COVID, we've actually been doing some interviewing with the elders, doing some Zoom chats with people. They actually did the Discover Summit class before we ended up having all this COVID stuff, but we were able to catch up with all of them and to interview, and we've got all that pretty much set. And so in the next several weeks, we're going to actually uh, be able to announce some new members. And uh, so this is just a little shout out as well. If you want to know who those names are, you can go to that digital bulletin, and uh, that gives you the opportunity of knowing some of the names. That digital bulletin and has a lot of info in it. All the online things that we've got going on, but then also uh, it's got these names of the new members. It's also got the numbers for what's been going on, like attendance and giving and that kind of stuff. So make sure you get after that digital bulletin. Here's what I'm saying, man. The church is on fire. God is doing amazing things. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. May we make much of our God thankful, generous, worshipful, satisfied in him and God growing the numbers. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. Let's pray.